Alright. I hope the network is a bit clear now. Can everyone hear me clear? Can everyone hear me clearly? Alright. Father, we thank you for yet another beautiful day. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercies. Thank you for your mercies. Thank you for your mercies. We give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, my Father. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus. Alright. Judges 11. We are late already, so I'll be short. I almost canceled this morning's meeting. <coughs> the network is not favorable but we hope it gets stable judges 11 we're taking from verse 1 judges 11 from verse 1 we'll read down to 9 it's quite long so let's make it quick now, Jephthah, the Gileadite, is every word in this scripture is very important. Just pay attention to them. From the name to the events, everything is important. Now, Jephthah, the Gileadite, was a mighty man of valor. Alright? He was a mighty man. And he was the son of Anhalot. 
and Gilead begat Jephthah. And Gilead's wife bare him sons, and his wife's sons grew up, and they thrust out Jephthah, and said unto him, Thou shalt not inherit in our father's house, for thou art the son of a strange woman. Then Jephthah fled from his brethren, and dwelt in the land of Tob. And there were gathered vain men to Jephthah, and went out with him. And it came to pass in the process of time that the children of Ammon made war against Israel. And it was so that when the children of Ammon made war against Israel, the elders of Gilead went to fetch Jephthah out of the land of Tob. And they said unto Jephthah, Come and be our captain, that we may fight with the children of Ammon. And Jephthah said unto the elders of Gilead, Did they not hit me and expel me out of my father's house? And why are ye come unto me now when ye are in distress? And the elder said unto Jephthah, Therefore now we turn again to thee now, and that thou mayest go with us and fight against the children of Ammon and be our head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. And Jephthah said unto the elders of Gilead, If ye bring me home again to fight against the children of Ammon, and the Lord delivered them before me, shall I be your head? Give me the next verse. Give me verse 10. I know I didn't add verse 10. Give me verse 10. Now I need it. And the elders of Gilead said unto Jephthah, The Lord be witness between us if we do not according to so if we do not so according to thy words. Alright. Maximum productivity. Maximum productivity. We've been talking about maximum productivity. We've been praying about it. And, but we need to understand a lot about what that word implies. If your life has not propelled you into taking steps to a maximum productivity, then you don't really understand what we are doing. Unfortunately, we are having a long um, fast and we have less time to teach this month. We have more time to fast and pray, but it's important that we understand what this um, word encapsulates for us else we're going to just miss out the season listen every prophetic word for every month for every year is for is for manifestation it's not for a story it's not just for a writing no it is for manifestation if it is not reflecting in your life by the way of prayer by the way of declaration by the way of deliberate acts and decision, then you are missing out the event for the season. I'm telling you the truth. You are missing out. You are missing out. And I pray that from this morning, anyone that has not already aligned themselves to the spoken word and the revelation God has given to us, I pray that you be quickened in your heart, be quickened in your spirit to begin to take steps in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, the scripture we read um, 
You see, the Bible uh, um, wholesomely often give some stories that looks untrue. But I will tell you this, that every scripture you read are very true. Yeah, they are very true. The Bible started talking about a man whose life went from grass to grace. Another word for maximum productivity is moving from grass to grace, from nothing to somebody. And the Bible gave how how sad his story is or was. He said a man was a Gileadite and a mighty man of valor. There are a lot of people in the Bible that God had used that inscription for. But at the end of the day, we see that they all started out as nonchalant, as limited people, as people without privileges, as people without opportunities. But at the end of the day, one thing we get to find out among God's people is that one way or the other, they rise out to the top. And I'm praying for somebody under the sound of my voice right now, that in the name of Jesus, whatever that is sitting on your destiny, your identity, your glory, that you will not be better than where you are now. They are crushed in the name of Jesus. They are crushed in the name of Jesus. You are moving from minimum to maximum. You are moving from grass to grace. In the mighty name of Jesus. All right, let me try to wrap this up because of our late time. Now, Jephthah happens to be, according to what Bible called him, a mighty man. The word of God doesn't lie. If God's word says you are mighty, you are mighty. If God's word says you are a thief, you are a thief. Now, in spite of the greatness inside of him, in spite of the identity God's word have described him with, there was also a clause that came along with it. The Bible said, and he was the son of a harlot. Despite the greatness, despite the might, despite every good thing, he was the son of a harlot. The reason why Bible pointed out that event is that there are people who have everything going well for them, but there is just one error. There's just one limitation that Satan has planted to limit their life. Oh, this girl is so beautiful. She is so good. But the tribe she came from is not a good tribe. So that became a clause. That became, listen, listen. If you must move from minimum to maximum, never kill yourself for a problem you cannot change. Your mother gave birth out of wedlock. You are not your mother, neither are you your father. You can't do anything about it. But one thing you must be sure of, don't repeat the problem. A lot of, you, lot of us now, we have found ourselves in a very sad situation from our family, but automatically we are now repeating the same pattern. We are now repeating the same pattern. What's going to happen? You will make your prayer point longer than it's supposed to be. By carelessness, we are now repeating the same pattern. So the Bible said that this man grew up. Nobody spoke about the mother being a harlot while he was a child. Grew up to being a teenager. Nobody spoke about it. Now, 
is an adult, and the the father's wife, because the mother was illegitimate, they didn't get married. The father's wife, the children, came on and said, "You are a harlot. You can't share inheritance with us." So the reason why they came to throw Jephthah out was not actually that they don't like him, was not actually that he wasn't a good person. Don't forget, Bible said he was a mighty man of valor. So there was already a proof of might and greatness and productivity in this young man's life. But they were threatened with the fact that because he's a mighty man of valor, by the moment they begin to share their father's property, this man will end up getting everything or getting more than them. If you read that scripture, it was clear. They said to him that you will not share. You will not share. In verse 2, they trust, they trust and Gilead's wife bear him sons, and his son's wife grew up, and they trusted Jephthah and said unto him, Thou shalt not inherit our father's house. So the, their fear was that this guy is going to take over their father's house, or their father so loved this guy that he will end up entrusting the property onto his hands. And I'm talking to somebody who comes from a large family here, or maybe it's not large. There are some little properties here and there that people are already putting their eyes on. It will be foolish for you to bank your life on your father's property. It will be one of the most foolish things people would do. Of course, it's family inheritance. Of course, whatever it is. If God could help your father in a primitive age, if God could help your father in the age where there was no so much technology and opportunities, and he could build that thing, whatever it is, what that thing he built, be it a, a bungalow, a chamber and hall, a duplex, it, whatever that it be, don't you think God can use you to multiply? Don't you think God can use you to build something better and bigger? So why shutting the hand of God? Why shutting your dreams and your vision? Because you have wrapped your head and your heart, limited yourself around the family property. A lot of us, we wouldn't have moved forward because we have things that are, we are comfortable with. We can't advance. We can't move forward because there are things we are comfortable with. Right now, if you have challenge, your mother sends you money. If you have challenge, your father will put money in your bank account. There's nothing wrong. That's awesome. But I've discovered that your own ability and creativity is trapped up in certain help that comes. I learned this the hard way. There are people you don't help. There are people you don't help. If you help them, God's creativity in their life will kill it. If you help them, God's creativity in their life will be dead. There's some of you in this situation right now. You are looking for who to help you. And you look as if prayer is not answering. No. What you should be doing now is to start thinking. God actually does not want you to pray about it. God wants you to think about it. So now you are blaming your uncle for not sending money, blaming your father, blaming your colleague, blaming your friends, blaming. And at the end of the day, your brain is off. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is one reason why I don't really like government work. Most of the times, government work shuts down your brain, your ability to task your mind. 
Because all you do is go sit down there, go do the same thing you have to do you did yesterday, come back. Most of the time, there are no new challenges. I'm not, I'm not against you doing your government work, do whatever you're doing. But in the course of it, create things that stretch your mind. The best of your life is not in your salary, it's in your brain. A wise man once said that the greatest nation is not America, is not China, is not Russia, is not uh, the United Kingdom. The greatest nation is your imagination. And no matter how much you understand how to quote that word, no matter how much you have heard that word, sometimes, sometimes you won't even understand what you are talking about until you stand out on your own. Stand out on your own. Try to start something small. You will discover how difficult it is. It is in that difficulty. This is the part we don't like. But it is in the difficulty that your brain begins to stretch out and begin to pull out creative ideas. There is no man out there at the top that got the top, that got to the top without passing through a hard route. There is no man, no man out there at the top that got to the top without passing through a hard route. You seen or you will see making an impact today did not copy anybody to get there. No. Nobody, nobody values photocopy. Nobody values photocopy. Everybody goes for the original copy. So the moment you begin to copy somebody, copy a style, copy a pattern, without your originality involved, at the end of the day, you will look like another person. And that's what a lot of us are doing. You want to start business, you are looking for what everybody is doing in your community. You want to start a shop, you are looking for what everybody is already selling there. So now, you are having witches and wizards fighting you. There's nothing you did wrong, but you've done something wrong to yourself by yourself. Witches and wizards, people are now coming to throw charm in front of your shop. People are now coming to summon you to witchcraft and all of that. Why? Everybody is selling provision. You look at every other business in this world. It is that same place where there are almost 20 provision shops that you went to open your own provision also. Everybody is selling slippers at your workplace. You look at every other business to do. It is to start selling slippers. That is what you started. Uh, but they said that the, the air, what do they call it? The sky is big enough for every bird to fly. Are you a bird? Do you fly? When did you become bird? When did you become bird? At the end of the day, you will create unhealthy competition. You will create unhealthy competition. So a lot of us have attracted battle by trying to get ourselves involved in the same thing others are doing in the same place. So you say, oh, no, 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 no. Take it off. Clear it off your mind. Look for something else or look for a different environment. You will end up being a photocopy. And nobody buys a photocopy. Everybody buys original copy. So Jephthah was trusted out of the house. And I love what Bible said. Bible said, he by himself, when he saw the trouble, he ran away from the house and ran to the city of Tob. But if you read the story, if you observe the scripture we just read, from him going to the city of Tob, 
to the family that threw him away, not just the family now, the whole Israel, the elders coming to look for him, begging him to come and become their king. A man who they said the mother was a harlot, a man who was rejected from that place for to the time they came to beg him. There is something that transpired that the Bible didn't tell us. There was something that changed. Listen, there are most of you listening to me now. People left your life and you are praying and waiting that they will come back to beg you. People left your business. You are waiting that they will come back to beg you. People left you by way of relationship or whatsoever. You are praying and waiting they will come back to beg you. No, ma, they won't come back if this thing I'm about to mention does not change. If what I'm about to mention doesn't change, they are not coming back. In fact, you will end up losing more people. And a lot of persons have lost more relationship. They have lost more relationship than any other person. And they keep blaming family altars without fixing this one word. A lot of business people have lost business partners. They, are, they keep blaming people when things, giving excuse without changing, fixing this one word. Something transpired from him leaving the house to the city of Tob and the family coming to look for him. And that one thing is called value. Value. If you can hear me, I want you to tap it on your screen. Value. Value. There's a very popular, it is now a cliche, um, don't stay where you are not valued. Okay. That's a very good word. Don't stay where you are not valued. Of course, it's true. But listen, before you start using that cliche, you must be sure that you have a value. Nobody values trash. I compel us again and again, every time, every time, every time, I compel us every time. Before you begin to use the word, don't stay where you are not valued. Be sure that you are valuable first of all. Nobody stays with an idiot. If they stay, it won't be for long. If they stay, it won't be for long. There must be a value that they are fetching out of your life. You see, human nature, we are greedy. Okay? Human nature, we are, we are generally, naturally greedy. Nobody stays where they are not getting anything. No one will stay. I'm not saying it's all money. It could be idea. It could be companionship. It could be care. It could be love. It could be support. It could be education. Everyone naturally stays where they are getting something. For some, it's money. So, the moment people around you weighs your life and they realize, they realize that there is nothing they are getting out from you, very soon they will leave you. So, some are not demonic. And some people came into your life and they had not even stayed long. They left. And you are like, at least you would have stayed. No, this is what happens. Now, I wish I'm on a video, I would have been able to describe better. Now, let me use a number now. Your value, your what is five. And this person is coming from a place 
where people have scaled up his value. Let's assume relationship now. You are a lady and you've built your life. You were, your, your value was at the level one. Things happened. You went to school. You learned and you built up to level five. You get, you're going to get excited at this. You are a big girl. You have something to offer. You, are, you have your salary and all of that. And this guy you met is somebody who had probably he didn't start off there or he started off there and he had dated ladies that pushed his value from one and scaled it up to 15. If that guy meets you, 99% of the time, the guy will leave. Because the class that he has experienced is different. Take it from me, Christian brother and sister. Take it from me. No matter you're speaking in tongues, class, you will use tongues to cover class. You won't use tongues to cover intelligence. You won't use tongues to cover productivity. You won't use tongues to cover fashion. This is somebody who has been scaled up to 15, 20. He has many people of class, people who dress on a different scale, people who talk on a different scale, people who know how to use cutlery. If they give you cutlery now, you will kill somebody inside that place in trying to cut a chicken. In trying to cut a chicken, they give you cutlery. You might enjoy yourself or you will kill somebody close to you. And this guy have been, have been on the class of 15 to 20. And the moment the guy comes into your life, the guy discovers a lot of lapses. The kind of perfume you use is not the kind of things. Have you met people that your expensive perfume is choking them? Now let's be real to ourselves. Have you met people that your very expensive perfume they're asking, who spread that in? And you're asking what? Say, there's something smelling here. And what they are talking about is your perfume. I remember years ago, while I was still growing up in Nigeria, I was in Nigeria, and I, I didn't know what perfume were. I didn't grow up with perfume. My mama, mother didn't use, my father didn't use. So why would I know what perfume is? But I started going out with um, um, a friend who buys those kind of perfume and all that. So I said, let me join the league. And we had this other friend who was older than us by age, who had more class, big guy, had connections to government house and all of that. So I, I've forgotten one with the perfume's name. I can't remember the name very well. It was very popular. So I bought it and put it on. And as I was leaving the house that day, man, I was bouncing because I knew that my level has changed. I was just swagging and bouncing, bouncing. People didn't understand what was going on. I wanted to come close to everybody so that you perceive what is on me. Huh? I've put on the alabaster bus. So you have to perceive the smell of Jesus all over me. So I was just bouncing and just going, went to the office, feeling all fly and all of that. So I happened to go to them, this man's office to go do something. And while I got to his office, I greeted him, passed the secretary, got into his office. While I got in there, less than one minute, he was he took handkerchief and covered his nose. It was like I should go and check outside for him. There's something, somebody is carrying something spoiled past the door. I was like, I didn't see anybody. I said, I should go and check, like it's happening now. I went outside, I came back. I said, there's nothing. So I mind sure. I said, yes. So I should help him check um, the order. He had to call the secretary. We were looking for what was spoiled. What is it? There's something that is spoiled that is smelling. We check and check. We didn't see. The guy was like, "What is going on?" He now took off the handkerchief. He was like, "Wait, dude, this thing is not something that is spoiled." 
This thing is spreading like a bulky perfume. Who bought a bulky perfume? I was still feeling fly, so I didn't think it was me. I didn't know what it meant to buy perfume at my level. Uh, and when the guy stood up to walk past me, he was like, come, come. You are the one that wants to spoil my office. Oh, yeah, out, out, out. I, w I was embarrassed. You mean with my, with my original, authentic, uh, uh, I, I, I almost cried. I almost cried. I felt embarrassed. And the guy has a very, he has a very terrible mouth that he won't just keep it. When my friend came, he told my friend, say, so you can't advise your friend. You put a buying house perfume to come and spray. If you spray, don't cut my office again before you come and kill me. I was embarrassed. But the problem wasn't him. The problem wasn't him. All right? My level is still at maybe, let's say, one. But he now was scaling up at a level of, let's say, 10 or 20. So when some people enter into your life, the moment people enter into your life, the first thing they weigh is value. 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 Somebody left you now, and you are praying they should come back. I, I, I will pray with you. I believe in that prayer. But listen, listen to me. If value doesn't change, two things are involved. They won't come back, or if they come, they will not return. They will leave again and they will not return this time. You have a character deficiency. People are leaving you. Your prayer now should not be that people should not leave you anymore or they should come back. Your problem now is to fix it. There are most of you who don't understand that this value boils down to your own self-insufficiency that you don't even believe in yourself. Huh? Because you've lost a lot of people, You've lost a lot of people. So what's happening to you now is that when people step into your life, you have to do everything to please them. A guy just enter your life now. You are greeting him, good morning, sir. I'm not saying it's wrong. You are kneeling down to greet the guy. You have to be the one to call first because you've lost 10 people this year. So you want to be ahead so that the guy will see you are too nice. No, they're going to see you rather as apologetic. And it will become, they will see you as apologetic and as a weakling. They are going to note out that something is wrong. Some of you ladies listening to me, there's too much fear in you in losing a relationship. I'm not saying you should throw your relationship out of the window. I didn't say throw a guy out of, no, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that build value in yourself. Valuable people know themselves. Valuable people, I'm not saying arrogantly, assumptionsly valuable. No. People who are of value knows themselves. Place value on yourself financially. Place value on yourself mentally. You can be a doctor and yet the only value you have is a doctor. So when people come into your life or relationship, the only thing they see is all you know is being a doctor. Good at your career. Be top at your career. But the moment they take you out of that hospital, you are useless. You can be a nurse. You are very good at your job. In fact, you've won a award of the best nurse of the year. You've won a award of the best midwife of the year. But the moment they take you out of it, bring you into a relationship, bring you into the reward, you are valueless. So what happens is, in your career, you will excel. But when it comes to a relationship, you'll be backward. 
In your career, you will excel. When they bring Bible now, some of you listening to me, if they bring injunction, you will do exceedingly well. But once they bring Bible to quote one verse, it's going to be a problem. So in as much as you are building your life, you must try to place a balance. You must try to place a balance. Else, you're going to have seen people, lawyers, doctors, politicians, name it, who are the top of their career, but they can't handle marriage. I'm not joking. They can't handle marriage. The reason is because they don't even understand what to do with a man if a man comes. They see a man as a client. They see a man as a client. As the man is coming, they argue with the man. In fact, the first day they met with the man, they argue. They went out on a date, they argue. On their wedding day, they argued. Because the woman that is a lawyer thought that the man is a fellow, uh, uh, what, learned colleague that they have to argue a case with. That's how my wife almost started treating me like a patient too. I hope she's not online. My wife almost started treating me like a patient. If I wake up in the morning, if I tea now, I think whether it's because she's a midwife, I think it's part of it. She's good, but because she's a midwife, she overcares more than me. Once I sneeze, are you okay? If she's at the back, she will run. She will run. Come, are you okay? Are you fine? I say, Madam, calm down. I only sneezed. I didn't die. Say, but the way you sneeze, I say, there's no way to sneeze. There's no way. What is it? It will just come. Your body is what I say. It's your own body that is hot. My body is not. It's fine. It's your own body that is hot. I'm not your patient. I'm your husband. I just look. Are you okay? Are you fine? I say, come. What is it? The first time we got married, it was almost a problem for the first one, two, three months. What is the problem? One, two, one, two. Are you okay? I say, I don't like SS caring. Me, the way I grew up, I didn't grow with care. So the thing was strange to me. I didn't grow with care. I'm the one that cares for people. Being a pastor too, nobody cares for me. I care for people. So I then, what is it? I'm eating. It will come. Are you okay? I said, did you put something in this food that I shouldn't be okay? Say no now. I want to know if you're okay. Is the food okay? Do you want something else? Do you want more? I finished eating. Are you okay? Are you fine? I say, come. I don't know what you're up to, but just leave me alone. I'm fine. Don't I look fine? Uh, you look fine. I won't be. He says, okay. So automatically now, I'm now looking like a, a pregnant woman in her eye that they have to take care of. And me, I didn't like it. I have to now start adjusting. I've done everything to make it stop. It's not working. So I'm now adjusting to being a patient in my own house. I'm now adjusting to being a patient. She would, I don't, I'm, I'm not a good person. I'm not a good when it comes to taking calls. My wife would just call. I, I expect calls to be for emergencies or something in quotes very important all right to me or to me send me a message send me a message put it across text message or whatsapp i'll be fine all right my wife will just call and a very odd time of the day 3 p.m who calls by 3 p.m how do you call somebody by 3 p.m call by 3 p.m by 4 p.m I'm, I'm assuming she's calling to say i've closed to come and pick me from work or something, and I will pick the call. What is the problem? How are you doing? I said, I'm fine. Sometimes she will call. I'll be quiet on the phone, angry already. I know why she's calling. I said, I know you want to ask where I'm doing. I'm fine. I'm okay. Have you? Is there anything? He said, no, now. That's what I'm calling for. 
I want to check how you are doing. I want to... I'm like, what is the problem? Did you hear that anything happened around the house? She will say no. So why are you calling me to check if I'm fine? Did you leave me with a baby in the house? So what is the problem? I'm okay, I'm fine. For me, it looks way off. For me, for me. Just call me when there is something important to call me for. Don't send me a message. But I think I'm learning, I'm learning. And very soon, I'm sure I'm the one that will be asking, are you okay? I didn't grow up with care. I, I grew up I grew up with autocratic people. So everything is done power, 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 power. Don't show you are weak. Don't show you are soft. Don't show. And what we thought is soft is actually the natural care. And some of you listening to me grew like that. What we actually call soft is natural care. Don't show your weakness. Don't show your tears. You have to show that you are a man. You have to show you are strong. Charlie, you'll be strong and strong and you'll be dying. Nobody will know that you are dying. All right. So that's, by the way, value. 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 Scale yourself from the place you are in to a higher place by placing value on yourself. Whatever you know that would scale up your value, get involved in it. I always say this to us. If your company is to sack staffs today, what will make them retain you? Don't assume. Don't assume. Don't assume. You are in a place where there are 10 of your kind, the same credential, the same level, what will make them retain you? There must be something different from you. Look at Joseph. All through what Joseph went through, if, if some of you went through what he went through, that would have been the end of your life. But when he came, from the time he left the father's house to when he met Pharaoh, you could see that value added. All right? When Joseph was in his father's house, he had a weakness. What was the weakness? He didn't know how to close his mouth. Joseph didn't know how to close his mouth, number one. Number two, Joseph didn't know how to interpret dream. All he knew, so the brother had to tag him, Joseph the dreamer. He woke up, I saw some moon, I saw some star, I saw this, he went to tell them. The next day, I saw some sheep, I saw some this, he went to tell them. They said, ah, okay, so you mean we will serve you, Abby? Let's see, we will deal with you. While he left there, entered into the house of Potiphar, I'm sure he was still dreaming, he entered trouble. From there, he entered into prison. He knew that he can't continue dreaming. He knew he can't continue with just dream without being, being able to interpret what you are dreaming. What is even wrong with me? Why are things not working? I am praying. I am fasting. I am going to church. I am earning salary. Why can't I do anything meaningful out of my life? Men are coming my way. What is wrong that I'm not getting married? And when Joseph began to ask himself questions, he sat down and he discovered the problem was interpretation. And one day the butler and the baker in prison, listen, your crisis, your crisis, the challenge you are going through, it is part of what will bring out the best of you, if only you know what you are doing. It is not to kill you. And Joseph met the butler and the baker. He learned, he mastered the skill of interpretation from the prison. So if you don't deliberately put value on yourself and learn it, you have to learn it in the prison. 
What is the prison? You have to learn it inside. Some of you will learn the errors you are making in relationship inside heartbreak because you refuse to learn it before entering the heartbreak. Some of you are going to learn the mistakes you are making when you are fired from your job because you refuse to learn it without being fired. Some of you are going to learn the things you need to learn inside loneliness because when a lot of people were gathered around you, you were so comfortable that you refused to upskill yourself. So now they've met people who help them understand that they, are, they have more. They, have, they should value more. They should, more things should be important to them. So now they've left you and joined people who are more valuable and now you are crying. It's not time to cry. What is time to do now is to add value. And Joseph interpreted the dream of the butler and the baker. Listen, the interpreter is not the one that brings the dream to pass. The interpreter is just the one who communicates what he knows that this is what it should be. God is the one that brings it to pass. But that means is a means of God rewarding that man for being able to tap into that gift of interpretation. And Joseph interpreted the dream. The baker died as he was told. The butler came and entered the palace. And despite he was forgotten, one day Pharaoh had a dream. So you see now that when Joseph was in his father's house, he was the only one dreaming. But he now entered the zone. Hey, I wish somebody's listening to what I've been saying. He now entered the zone where people dream. If at this point Joseph was still dreaming and could, he could not interpret, Joseph would have been useless. So there would have been a lot of problem on ground without solution. Unholy competition is what some of you have put yourself by doing what everybody is doing. Some of you now listening to me, you would have to take a transfer out of where you are working because you are not growing there. You would have to take a transfer. You are not growing so the competition there, all of you are in the same level. And the level you people are in, if they put it on the scale of 1 to 10, you people are at the level of 2. But pride and arrogance, pomposity, you people are competing. What are you people quarreling for? Nothing meaningful. What are you people hating each other for? Nothing meaningful. And there are people doing the same career you are doing, driving cars. The people in the same career that you are in, traveling for vacation every year doing the same job and you and your class you and you people that you are with there's nothing no car no bicycle no moto the same local salary and the people are quarreling because why nobody have seen the reason to place value the moment somebody plays value the person will discover hey i'm too big for these people i'm too big for this and i'm too big for this place so if joseph had continued just dreaming he would have been useless to the butler, useless to the baker, useless to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh had a dream one day, and they called off Joseph. Don't forget, I said Joseph had a problem that he can't shut, he doesn't know how to keep secrets. He couldn't shut his mouth. Any dream he has, he has to go and tell. And that became part of his problem. And Joseph got before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said, okay, look at the dream I had, look at the dream I had. And Joseph interpreted. So between Joseph having problem in his father's house to meeting Pharaoh, a value has been added, the skill of interpretation, number one. Number two, while he was talking to Pharaoh, he told Pharaoh, look at the dream, look at the dream. Now, he brought in wisdom. Wisdom have also added. 
Now, Pharaoh, um, this, this thing, the only thing you can do, apart from look at the meaning of the dream, now look at the wisdom I'm bringing on the table right now. Get out men who are wise and discreet, who will be able to keep um, food for the first seven years and the next seven years they'll be wise enough to be able to distribute. So three things added in the life of Joseph. Number one was that he became an interpreter of dream. Number two, wisdom to be able to add up to not just interpreting. If Joseph was wise, he would have been able to, if he was wiser earlier, he would have been able to tell the baker what to do to avoid him being killed. Well, he just interpreted the dream. He knew by the time he meets Pharaoh, something has to change. So wisdom came in. He interpreted the dream quite all right, but he added skill to it. Number three, the first error that he had in his father's house that made them sell him out, he corrected it, which was the error of shutting his mouth. Discreecy. He said to Pharaoh, Pharaoh, you must get a man that is discreet and wise. You must get a man that is discreet and wise. When he was in the father's house, any dream he had, he would tell everybody. But the moment he met Pharaoh, I'm sure the first thing Joseph did was, Pharaoh, if you want me to interpret your dream, I will talk to you one-on-one. -on -one. Every other person should go out. And at this point, Pharaoh was looking for a result. And he has been told that this guy is a man of value, so he will obey every instruction. And everybody would go out. And after telling Pharaoh, so when he was telling Pharaoh, you need a man that is discreet and wise, Pharaoh remembered the first attitude he put on when he came in. He said, who else? You that could walk everybody out. You that could tell them, you say you want to talk to me alone. Who else is discreet? Who else can be quiet about this if not you? All right, we are hiring you. There's no other person that needs to be hired. You are the one that, and Joseph automatically became the second in command in the whole country that he was a prisoner in. Your problem is not what you are going through. Your problem is the value that you don't have. Don't assume you have it. Every area, every environment, every workplace demands different kind of value. There are environments that demands that you put in financial value. There are environments that demand that the value you put in is hard work. There are environments that demands that the value you put in is bringing customers. There are environments, maybe you are a salesperson. The value that is demanded for you at that time, of course, is bringing in more customers. You are a secretary. You are a front desk personnel. The value demanded is that you have an unusual skill of communicating with customers. People should be giving a lot of good, um, what is it called, reference about you. Hey, the secretary was so nice though. when I came in the way she treated me. So, so the day they will choose to fire you, what will keep you? That is what we call value. The day they will choose to fire you, not because you are, maybe you even did something wrong. Say, I would have fired you. But if not, I don't have any person who is more respectful like you, I would have fired you. I would have left you and gone to marry another person. But I don't know. You are just too nice. You are just too wise. Listen, build a life. If people leave you at all, let them miss you. Build a life. That if people, listen, this is me. I can say this anywhere. If I can state this anywhere, anytime, if you leave me, 
you are the one that lost. Oh, yes. Because every day, every day, I'm working on placing value on myself, mentally, spiritually, physically, and all. I'm, I'm fighting every day, every day. Be a person of value. Between where you are now to the place you desire, something must change called value. Value. The most important thing is to find out what kind of value do you need? What kind of value do you need to be to add right now? So don't just assume that, hey, I'm fine, I'm okay, I'm perfect, I'm this, I'm that. Scale up, scale up, scale up, scale up. Some of you now have to go back and get some certificate courses. Some of you have to go back and do whatsoever. Do something, do something, do something. The man of God was telling me how things were hard, how we're suffering, nothing is working, nobody is coming, and this and that and that. I said, no problem. Let's talk. By the time we spoke for a few minutes, I called, I, I told him, I said, this is your problem. This is your problem. You assume that just being a pastor, everybody owes you. Nobody owes you. Look at the thing, look at the thing, look at the things. And he asked me, he said, it's true, but how did you know? I said, it shows. It's you that doesn't know. Ignorance smells. Ignorance has an order. It shows. It shows. Your ignorance can show in your movement. It can show in your speech. It can show in just sitting down. It can show in the way you sit down. I was following um, an, uh, an etiquette class, and I, 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 I realized that even when you come around people who are highly professional, there is a way to shake hands. I was shocked. It's not ordinary handshake. We shake like, hey, guy, alpha, alpha, alpha. You're not doing do it. I, alpha. I didn't, I didn't know that there was a different way that people at the top there shake their hands. So the moment you come in contact with such people and you don't know, by them, the first thing they do is to give you hand. The first thing they do is to give you hand. So the way you shake them, they will know that this one is my class or not my class. I didn't know there's a way to lock door. You don't lock your door entering an office with your back. I don't be walking into your back. You not enter the office. You not turn your back, lock the door. No, you lock the office, walking in with your front, locking the door rather with your back. I'm like, what are all these things? It doesn't matter. But listen, some of you have lost interviews. Entering the office of high esteemed people, locking the door without even knowing the ethics. You prayed though, all night prayer. You prayed. If I maybe you even called me, I spoke a word. In the name of Jesus, the job is yours. Amen. You got there. In the realms of the spirit, you entered. The man loved you for one ethics because it's a st standard that they have vowed to keep in that place. One wrong ethics kicked you off. And somebody has came who have not prayed with standard ethics, got the job. We must scale up in our value. We must scale up in our value. I ask you one more time. If at your workplace, if at your workplace, they choose to sack everybody, would they leave you? If amongst your friends, they choose to, everybody choose to move on with their life. Is there people who will say, oh, we can't leave this one behind? This one, we, we can't leave this one. Scale up, scale up, scale up, scale up. 
So Jephthah left. What was the value Jephthah put on? When Jephthah left the house, Jephthah started learning how to fight. That was the skill Jephthah gave to himself. Jephthah started learning how to fight. Listen, everyone, listen. God created everybody listening to me. God is the one that created you, put you in your mother's womb, and you were bettered whatsoever. In between your coming out of your mother's womb and you getting to the fullness of your destiny, the moving from minimum to maximum, you producing the maximum productivity, the things that happen within that time will actually determine if you will get to the best of yourself or you will remain at the least of yourself. All right? Everyone that was give everyone listening to me, some of you are doctors, nurses, teachers, engineers, and whatsoever. None of you was were born so. None of you were born so. It is the teaching that you had. It is the decision you took for yourself or family took for you. So if you were, if you had made a higher decision, you would have been higher than what you are now. If you had made a different decision, you would have, would have been different from who you are now. So what am I saying? Start scaling up. You want to see something different about you. You look at people, your age mate, they look as if they are better than you by way of career. Some of you listening to me now, probably one way or the other, you've met a friend or a colleague of yourself, or, um, a former colleague or a friend, classmate, and you see this person is now maybe a politician, maybe a pilot, maybe an engineer, maybe an entrepreneur that is doing well, and you are a teacher. And you see them, but you discover that no matter how nice you try to be, you will feel intimidated. No matter how free-spirited you are, if you don't feel intimidated, I think there's something wrong with you, first of all. The intimidation is not always on the negative part. Number one is self-criticism. Like, hey, what am I even doing with my life? Some are going to feel ashamed, like, hey, oh God, what's wrong with me? Others are going to feel like, ah, this person, we're all classmates. So what am I doing? Why did I choose this career? Why am I here? I think it's time to wake up. All right? So it's, it's different strokes for different folks. Some are going to take advantage of it to push themselves to become better. Others will just go and cry and keep themselves backward. So in all, in all, in all, in all, from the day they gave birth to you to where you are now, the kind of value you added, the level of value you added, it is where you are. Some of you now, where you are, where you are now, the reason why the devil can fight is because you made the wrong choices by the way of your profession. God knew that the time is going to come you will get married and there will be financial economy, financial difficulty, economic crisis in 2023. So God wanted you to be in a business, to be in a career that will be a high-earning career so that by the time the crisis would come, you will be able to align. But you saw the career as too difficult. You saw the career as irrelevant. Some of you are chasing your passion. I know I've heard you, you've heard people say you want to be rich, chase your passion. Listen, passion does not pay bills. Passion doesn't pay bills. Maybe let's say your passion is dancing. And you now go to the market 
and at the end of the day, you are dancing. Passion doesn't pay bills. That thing you love to do until you learn to monetize what you love, you will die a pauper, even though you are speaking in tongues. I've heard it's lots of motivational um, um, teachers, a lot of them. Pursue your passion. Pursue your passion. Charlie, passion, not the pay bill. If I tell you my passion now, you'll be shocked. So it is two things. Either you keep your passion aside and get a real job or learn how to monetize your passion. It's two waiting. Thank God for the world we are in. There were times that people had passion in singing and they loved to sing and they did nothing out of it. They ended up dying poor. But today, we have people like Frank Edward, Sinatch, um, even the secular world, um, um, what, what, what are their names now? Ari Kelly and the rest of them, Celine Dion, who became millionaires out of their passion. Because why? They now learned how to monetize their passion. They don't sit in the house anymore. If you are listening to me, your passion is to press phone. Some of you now, some people have passion in pressing phone. Either you look for how to create something out of your phone that in line with your passion is generating money, or you keep that passion aside and look for a real job. We are in a real life. Your bill is real. Light bill is real. House rent is real. School fee is real. Passion, you won't go to school and tell them, take passion and school fee. They will beat you home. They will beat you home. So a lot of us have entered a career out of passion. And now you are struggling and you are looking for prayer. No, you don't need prayer. You need to recalibrate. You need to recalibrate. You don't need prayer. You need to recalibrate. If what you love to do cannot feed you, please look for something else to do while you keep that love aside. It's simple. Else, you will not find yourself in a place of maximum productivity. You won't find yourself there. You won't find yourself there. Let me repeat. Passion doesn't pay bill. Passion doesn't pay bill. I love to travel personally. I love to just travel, just see places and all that. But apart from my traveling for businesses and other things, I can't remember last time I traveled for leisure. I can't remember. Because why? What I, what I love can't pay my bills. So I focus on what can pay my bills first until I can create something out of my passion that can pay that I'm not traveling and seeing places and yet being able to pay my bills. I'm not interested in that passion for now. Else, you're going to end up in trouble. So please, you've, we've got to understand these little things and put a balance on them. Else, we'll be too religious and we'll get wasted away. And let me ask you, that career you are passionate about, how are you doing? That career you entered out of passion, how come you are now owing rent? How come you can't even care for family? I'm so passionate about ministry. I'm so passionate about preaching the word. I've seen people who are passionate of teach, being a teacher. I know of someone very he 
In fact, put him in class. He can teach from, in fact, the students are unhappy because he overteaches. He will over, other teachers will be resting his teaching. He can teach, give extra moral lesson for free. And the guy can't pay rent. He had to go back for, to the family for rent. The guy can't even wear good clothes because he's teaching in one um, private school. But he loved the job. So if that guy meets a lady tomorrow, hey, I love you, I want to marry you. And the girl says, um, I don't have, let's say the girl said, I don't have phone. I'm not saying you start asking every guy the phone. I don't have phone. I want a phone. The guy says, oh, don't worry. You see, um, things are, are not nice. And the girl comes, okay, it's Valentine's Day. You couldn't buy any gift. Okay, um, if you want to get married to me, come and take a list. He go there, take the list. He said it's too expensive. What is wrong with this young man now? It's not that he's not intelligent or not. He does, he's not passionate of what he do. But the problem is that he is following it on the wrong path. So you are passionate about teaching. Wisdom demands that you scale up, scale up your credentials, look for somebody who can pay you better, or create extra moral lessons, or create other means that will make your passion create a result for you. If not, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you will just get seated in one corner and you are being You will just be at the corner and life is going by you. So sit back, ask yourself a simple question. How is my passion helping me? If you need to re-strategize, you need to recalibrate, you know what to do. Do what you got to do and get your life put together. If not, your children will ask you very soon, what did you do with your life? I'm passionate about preaching. I'm passionate about sharing the gospel. I'm passionate about prayer. I'm passionate about doing whatsoever. But none of these things will feed me or pay my bills. So I look for other things. Sometimes while I'm online, I have my um, online trades running. By the time I'm done, sometimes while I'm on, some days ago we were live on Facebook. By the time I was done from the Facebook meeting, one hour came off the meeting, I checked my trade and I saw that in that one hour, it has done $100 profit. And I smiled. I smiled. So I'm doing my passion and I have something else that is just pushing along. So don't sit on a passion that is not productive. Don't sit on it. So, the people of Gilead came back to look for Jephthah because value had added. So, look at what happened to um, Jephthah. Let me bring us back to what we are saying. Jephthah had a passion for fighting. Okay? Jephthah had a passion for fighting. So, when the family threw him out, he began to fight. He became a fighter. But the, fash, the passion now became what restored him back to his family. The family came to look for him, came to beg him, because now there was crisis in the house. His passion was the only means. Another thing is that Jephthah had a negotiation skill. A lot of us don't know how to negotiate. Jephthah had a negotiation skill. If I come and fight and I win, will I be your leader? A lot of us don't know how to negotiate. You are hardworking, you are intelligent, but you have problem. 
I believe in helping people. But listen, some of you listening to me now, the things you sell that you have given out for free this year is half of your capital. The services you render that you've given out for free this year is something that would have made your life better. Ask your children, oh, they are not fine, oh, they are hungry. Oh, come and take, give them. You have carried biscuits from your business, you've given them. Oh, um, how is this thing? Um, hmm, me, I'm not okay. You've carried, you've given them. So you keep giving out your services, keep giving out your product, keep giving out your goods for free. You will end up poor, no matter who prays for you. Mark it. It's a promise. You will end poor, no matter who prays for you. So we try to bank everything against demons, against prayer, against... But at the end, our brain is the problem. Our brain is the problem. Read your Bible. Check David and Goliath. When David knew, he knew very well that he could take on Goliath by the reason of the lion and the bear that he has confronted. So when he came on the scene, he asked a question. I have a challenge, I can kill this guy, but wait, what will be done? My only motivation now is what will be done for who kills this man. That's my only motivation now. I'm not ready to fight any wizard fight. When I fought the bear, I almost died. Nobody paid me. I fought the lion. I almost died. Nobody paid me. So this one there, I'm not doing it this way. I'm not doing it this way. What will be done for the man that kills this of Sekosa Philistine? He said, okay, what will be done is that um, the king is going to give the daughter to you. The king will make you rich and will cut your family off taxation. David said, all right. Take me to the king. I want to confirm what you are saying. They brought him. He asked again. He confirmed. He said, all right, let's go. Let's, now, now I've seen my hobby. My hobby can, I didn't know my hobby can make me rich. I used to love to kill. I didn't know that my hobby can make me rich. I didn't know. I didn't know. And David went on, took on Goliath, brought him down. And David became one of the richest people in the country. Why? Negotiation skill. Negotiation skill negotiation skill everything is not money that is true but listen learn to discern when everything is about money you didn't hear me everything is not money but learn to discern when everything is about money it's a two-way thing that business struggling value need to be added that career struggling value need to be added let me give us a scripture. We're rounding up already. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Let's take from from verse 14 to 17. I want you to pay attention very well to this scripture. This is the last scripture I'm taking. I have to close. We're late already. Exodus chapter 9, 14 to 17. Let's go. Now look at this, everyone. There was a little city and a few men within it. And there came a great king and besieged it. So look at this. If a great king came to besiege a city, the king would not come for nothing. It means despite there were little men, few men in it. All right, Bible didn't say they were little. Bible said they were few. Which means this man had capacity. This man, probably they were rich, they were powerful. 
all right? It was just a, a city on a, an island of rich people. So a king came to fight the city. Now look at what happened. And besieged it and built great bulwarks against it. Verse 15. Now, there was find it, found in it. Pay attention. There was found in it a poor wise man. And he, by his wisdom, not by his poverty, poverty has no benefit. He, by his wisdom, delivered the city. Look at this. Yet, no man remembered the same poor man. Then I said, wisdom is better than strength. Now look at my point here. Look at my point here. Look at my point here. When the man was to save the city, his poverty couldn't save the city. So there are two things that play that will play out in this situation. Number one is idea. Number two is resources. So while the man is bringing his idea to the table, the rich men are bringing their resources. So by the time, are you following me at all? Let's say they have to buy weapons and other things that follows. So somebody needed an idea on how to use the weapons, on what to do and what not to do. So the man had the wisdom, but he was so poor that he didn't have the resources to apply the wisdom. So the rich man brought their resources, he brought his wisdom, and they put it out. Now look at what happened. Look at what happened. When he was saving the city, he was called a wise man. When he was saving the city, he was called a wise man. He said he, by his wisdom, delivered the city. Yet, nobody remembered the same poor man. The moment the man saved the city, and he was still poor, Bible removed wisdom from his name. I'm not sure you are getting what I'm saying. He was first called a poor wise man. When it was time to save the city, his poverty could not do it. It was his wisdom. And he was expected that after saving the city, he should be able to make himself rich by the reason of this activity. So the moment he failed in being able to make himself wealthy, Wisdom was removed and he was called a poor man. No one remembered. They, at least they would have still brought back the poor wise man. They said, no, you can't be wise and be poor. You can't be wise and be poor. You cannot be wise. If you are broke here, you are not wise. If you are wise, the area you are wise in is not the area of your finance. You cannot be wise and be poor at the same time. No, it doesn't work. So the wisdom was taken out of his identity and only poverty was left. What did this man miss? Negotiation. What did this man? The man missed only one thing. Everyone listen to me. Listen to me. What will make you great? What will make you popular? What will make you wealthy? What will make you mighty? God has put in you. God has put in you. But what you do with it is what matters. What you do with it is what matters. God gave David the stone and the skin to kill Goliath, and he demanded what would be done for the man that kills this guy. He had to first of all get the coat. Um, Jephthah, when they brought him back to come and fight for the city, he has to ask them, if I win, will I become your king? That is the condition. He knew who is the king, rules the affair, and the finance of the community. 
anybody who become the king. So the brothers threw him out because of one house. The moment he won, he got a lot of houses because he was now the king ruling the people. But this same poor wise man now, what he would have done first, all right, I have an idea that will win this war. But the problem is, if this I win this war, I give you my idea, what will be given to me? Either he's bringing his offer or he's letting them bring the offer and they negotiate about it and take on. But the man didn't do anything. Zeal without knowledge. Oh, I know what to do. Oh, yeah, let's go. Oh, yeah, do this, do this. Woo! Some of you are so quick to talk that at the end of the day, your brain is smart, but your pocket is empty because you are too quick to talk. You are too quick to talk. You can't be poor and say you are wise. There is no color correlation between both of them. Nah. Nah. If you are wise, then you should be rich. If you are wise, you shouldn't be where you are. If you are wise, you should be advanced. Do you know what wisdom is? Have you read your Bible? The Bible said wisdom is better than silver and gold. He said in his hand, in her hands, there is life. Even kings are looking for wisdom. Princes are looking for wisdom. So we've got to recalibrate ourselves. It's a month of our month of maximum productivity. That your business, sit down and recalibrate. That your job, that your ministry, that your finance, that's your relationship. Sit down and recalibrate. Get a shift, get a balance. Create, check out something. Something is not right. Something is not right. How can you be putting all the effort you are putting, all the skill you are putting, and yet you can't pay light be? And yet you can't count profit. All you keep counting is loss. The problem is there is problem in your wisdom bank. Your wisdom bank, something is wrong. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. Maximum productivity is possible. Maximum productivity is possible. Place value. Create skills. Scale up. Scale up. Where necessary, scale up. Learn the negotiation skill. Don't be so nice that you don't know when it's time to discuss money. Don't be too nice that you don't know when to discuss money. There are ladies listening to me right now. The ladies who would have been married by now, but the guys that would have married them, they are treating the guy like brother. They are not treating. They are caring for the guy like brother, Christian brother and Christian sister. When the guy is in trouble, when the guy wants counsel, he will run to you. When the guy is heartbroken, he will. You are not, you are not wise enough to see what is going on. When his heart broken, he will run to you. When his career is not going well, he will run to you. When the business is down, he will run to you. But when he wants relationship, he will go for somebody else. You have to decide whether you will become a professional counselor and start charging money or we are getting married. It's two things. Charlie, either you are dating me or you are dating somebody else. I can't be playing to people's role at the same time. 
Either you are like you are, you are you love me, you are taking me serious, or go and look for somebody else. I can't be laboring for another person to eat. It's not done. It's not done. A lot of you have you have trained guys, you have raised guys. Help them. Some idiots. People who have their mother could not even give them sense. You give them wisdom. Help them. They became sound. They became stable. At the end, they all left you. And you are looking for prayer. It's, you don't need prayer necessarily. You need to knock your head. You need to knock your head and ask yourself, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? While you are praying, dealing with altars and other things, you must deal with the altar in your brain. The altar in your brain. You must deal with that altar in your brain. Can't be trading people for free. Are you? Are you their father? Are you their mother? It, from everything, it shows you the guy likes you. Today is Sunday. As you get to church now, church close. You are the first person is coming to hug. And the guy is using your hug to comfort himself because he knows that you have big chest. So the guy always likes to hug you, but yet he doesn't want to. Ah, oh, you do it. Hey, sister, brother, choir, choir. You now, that is not wise. You can't open all your chest. Woo! Oh, brother, this thing will not tap you on your back. It will not let you go very fast. And this guy is just saying, oh, God, God. If not that, I like slim ladies. I like slim ladies. I would have married this girl. Look at Charlie. Charlie, if you don't fix things, you're going to keep going through a lot of crises that wisdom should have solved. A lot of things that wisdom should have solved. A guy that has girlfriend, you are the, he calls you more than the girlfriend, and you are not wise to know what is going on. Eh? You are not wise to know what is going on. He doesn't discuss issues with the girl. You are the one that he calls. There's something out there. You need to be wise enough to see it and negotiate the deal. Close sometimes. There are some negotiations you don't come directly. You come in directly. There are some negotiations you have to come directly. You have to come direct. Negotiate the, close the deal. Huh? Close the deal. Three reasons why you must not fail. I'm closing right now. Is somebody learning something this morning? Is somebody learning something this morning? Three reasons why you must not fail. Number one, you must understand that there are a lot of people waiting for you to fail. There are a lot of people waiting for you to fail. Listen, failure is not necessarily restarting okay let's say you are doing a, um, a business or a career path that is not working and there is need for you or you discover you are on the wrong path and there is need for you to quit close down the business close down resign from that office and move to another location that's not failure that is a recalibration all right that is a recalibration so don't see that as failure. Hey, well, if I now close now, they will dance, they will um they will not start laughing at me. Uh, no, 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 no. Be sure there is something bigger. There's a bigger fish to fry. Not that you are closing because you are incompetent, because you are not producing, because no, no, that shouldn't be the issue. If that is the issue, then there's something wrong. There are lots of people waiting for you to fail. The scripture we read, Jephthah's family were waiting for him to fail. 
So if there's one reason why you must not accept failure, why you must not agree to fail, understand there are a lot of people that your failure will make them happy. Please disappoint them. I'm very good at that. Ah, I am very good at that. I'm very good at that. I'm very good at that. If you leave me, you will never come back and meet me the way you left me. Nah, no, it's not possible. That's me. If I didn't want to work hard, I would do it because of you. Whether you leave me or I left you, I don't care. Whoever that left who, as long as there was a lefting or a leaving, don't mind me. I will, you will never come, you will regret, you will regret leaving me. I'm telling you the truth. Scale up. A guy broke your heart. He has left, expecting nobody will ever date you. See, young lady, change your dressing. Change your dressing. Change your steps. Stop putting on a moody face. Right now, you are not passing the front of the guy's house anymore because the guy will see you. And come on, change your perfume, change your hairstyle, change your dressing, and don't let him come back. You see that sorry state you have put yourself, that pitiable state. The next person that would have found you will meet you sad and will begin to run from you. Say, this girl is a, is a sadist. Recreate yourself. Restructure yourself. Restrategize yourself. There are a lot of people waiting for you to fail. Number two reason why you must not accept failure and you must not fail is that there are a lot of people who are looking up to you. Number one, there are a lot of people who are waiting for you to fail. Number two, there are a lot of people who are looking up to you. Your success is their success. Your failure is their failure. You might not know it. Some are just distant admirers. Some are direct admirers. Some are people you are supporting financially. If you give up now, they have no hope for tomorrow. If you die now, they are finished. If you quit now, they are completely destroyed. So you must not give up because there are people who are looking up to you. They are rising. It's time. I had, there was a, a, a recently, I was so down a particular day, something happened. I was so sad. I wasn't happy. I was like, God, why? What is going on? I don't like this. And suddenly, somebody sent me a message of a testimony of a, a prophetic word I gave to her a few months ago. And she was so, she called and she was so excited. The same day, another person called. That was after our last Accra program. Another person called and was telling me how she told God, say, God, I want you to confirm to me if this man is a real man of God and this and that and that. When she came to the meeting, the things she wanted me to talk about were the things I spoke about and ministered to her and all of that. So ah, she was so excited and I said, if I have given up, what would have become of these people's testimonies? If Jesus never got to the cross, what would have become of our testimony? Who would have saved us? Who would have saved us? So you must understand that there are people looking up to you. There are people looking up to you. If you fail now, many will fail. Keep that at heart. If you fail now, many will fail. If you give up now, many will not go up. If you stop where you are now, you will limit a lot of people. Keep pushing. Keep fighting. Keep pushing. Keep fighting. Keep pushing. Keep fighting. Keep pushing. Keep fighting. Number three, the reason why you should never fail is that 
there is the fact that you have not succeeded means there is still something good in you. I will explain. The fact that you have not succeeded means there is still something good in you. The man at the top there that is not, that is doing well, we have seen the best of the man. Somebody like Bill Gates now, we already know what Bill Gates can do. We've seen it. Somebody like Mark Zuckerberg now, we've seen what he can do. But you see that man at the down who have not yet prospered. We don't know what God will do through that man. He can become so wealthy now that he will be richer than Bill Gates. So there is more raw materials in the one down than the one top. The one at the top, most of the materials have been processed. Most of the idea have been processed. In fact, at that point, check out a lot of them. They can't think well anymore. All they do now, they hire counselors. Yeah, they have advisors. They have teams of critical thinkers that they pay. Who think for them? Who think for them? They are hired. They are being paid. But you see that one at the down that is still struggling. There is more raw material in that one than the one at the top. If you watch out for the movie industry, you will agree with me. Artists fades out. Actors, rather, they fade out. Suddenly, you see somebody on a new screen with all the waves. If you're in Ghana, you understand that I'm about to mention. With all the waves of Lee Wynn and Ejako and the likes of them, suddenly they are fading out of the movie industry. And there are other people who are popping up. So those ones now, they have become predictable. If you see Lee Wynn or Ejako in a movie, you know what to expect. You know the way they will behave. But you see, for those new actors coming, they are still discovering themselves. There is a lot to show. In the music industry, the um, singers, that the ones they sing, you know what to expect from them. It is rare for there to be something new. If Sakodet brought a new song now, you know he has to talk fast. But somebody else who is coming down from, from the down coming up, you should expect something new and great for them. And you know the skill and the wisdom most of these old schools are, are given now is that they now go to hire those young stars under them. So you see them, they create what they call music label and they take, they look for young talent that they know that we will do well, hire them under their, their record label and use them to keep their name relevant. Use them to keep themselves. Why? They know that in those ones, there is more raw material. So the fact that you have not succeeded still means that there is something great inside of you. There's a raw material that has not been tapped into. That's why I cry for Africa. The fact that Africa has not been like the Western world shows that we still have the chance to make it. All we need is just the right leadership. The kind of mineral resources that are yet to be discovered in Africa, the Western world, they know, they know. So they are not ready to cut tiles with us. They are not ready. So any African country push, trying to push them away, they have to create war to get access to be able to take off what is in the country. So the fact that you are not yet developed means there is a raw material in you that can be developed. What do you need to do? Discover it. Whatever skill, talent in you doesn't just function or get monetized like that. You've got to discover it. You've got to get schooled about it. No matter how good you are in singing, you can't get to the best if you don't go through certain singing groups or singing school. You won't. 
take it from me. You won't. So that thing that you call a skill, that thing you call a talent, go brush it up. Look for a school that is good at it. Get yourself involved. You've heard a lot of stories. Bigay did not go to school. Uh, Masukabe did not go to school. It's not actually true. They didn't go to the university, but they went to school. What they went to, they went to technical schools and other vocational schools where skill is more prioritized than books. So it's not like they didn't go to school. You not say Bigay didn't go to school. Masukabe didn't go to school and sit in your house. You will come back home broke. The funny thing is that no matter how skilled you are, if you are not educated, there are a lot of people who will not come to you, no matter the level of your skill. If you are not educated, there are a lot of people who will not come for you. Listen, your challenge is not a problem. Your challenge is not a problem. It is you discovering the you in you and allowing God to place his hand upon it and use it. That is what the challenge is. Recently, um, they just had the coronation of the king of England. Prince Charles, who is now King Charles. And a Nigerian singer was picked to come and sing called Tiwa Savage. She was the one picked out of the singers all over Africa, all around the world. She was the one they picked to come and perform for the event. Few weeks ago, few months ago rather, or about a year or so, I don't know how long, there was a viral video online of this same lady's nude video going viral. A video of a sexual escapade went out viral. I thought the palace should have seen that this lady um, had some scandals of sexuality that should make them reject her. I thought that the palace should say that um, she's not um, moral enough so that um, they should look for somebody with a moral um, ability. I thought they should say that, oh, we don't even want blacks. I thought there's racism. Oh, we don't want blacks, we want white. But listen, they saw value they could not resist. I know somebody's not hearing me. Let me close. Let me close. They saw value they could not resist. So your problem is not racism. Oh, they don't like our blacks, they like white. No, ma. No, sir. No, sir. No, ma. Value. 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 Oh, they don't like airways. They don't like gun. They don't like fancy. If you are an airway, become the president now. Let me see who will reject you. Become the president now. If you are a fancy, become a president now. Let me see who will reject you. You are a gun. Become a president now. Let me see who will, who will reject you. The problem is that they don't like the ones without value. That is it. Everybody identifies with value. For the phone with their network. Can't you guys just leave me alone? Value. When I saw that video, I shook my head. I said, then I have to relearn my life. If this lady could be called up for this important event, she didn't minister to people, she ministered to royalties. Try get the video and watch. You see, sometimes we try to be too spiritual that we don't even try to learn from the things out there. I try to use everything around me to learn. I hope you can hear me now. You can hear me, right? The network went out. 
All right. Now, this is the funny part when I, I went through the video. The song she sang was not a 100% English song. That's the craziest part of it. The song she did for the prince coronation was not a 100% English song. She sang in Yoruba. <laughs> ah! Value is not your meat. Listen, speaking in tongues will not take the place of value. It, it can't. She sang in Yoruba, Yoruba, Yoruba. Even me, I won't even listen to the song because I don't understand Yoruba. And I'm sure she didn't just choose a, a song to sing. They demanded for the song they wanted her to do. And that lady had just bagged in millions in pounds into her bank account because of value. Yes, she has a dented image out there. She has a sex video out there. The internet does not forget it is still out there. But one thing was sure, that when it comes to what they are looking out for, there is value. So don't pay too much attention on your flaws. I'm not saying don't deal with it. No, don't let that become what you, there's one, my wife knows, if there's one word you don't use in my house, is I can't. I will, I will be very mad at you. I hate the word I can't. Give it a try. Give it a try. I can't do it. Who told you you can't do it? Who told you? It was it's just a program in your mind. You can do you can do it. You can do it. You can prosper. Just place value. You have to, whatever way you have to do it, you have to get it, you go to school, you have to get a certificate, you have to change association, you have to change location, all that matters. Now, let me round up with this. You want to prosper, understand this, money runs to the direction of value. Money runs to the direction of value. Let me ask you a question. Everyone listening to me here, I'm sure you've bought data or credit for the past one week, right? Wherever you are in Africa, apart from those who do monthly subscription, it's still the same. You've bought data, right? This month, you've bought data, you've bought credit. All right. So did MTN call you to buy data or buy credit? Did MTN call you? Did Vodafone, whatever, whoever your network provider is, did they call you to buy credit or data? They didn't call you. So why did you buy? Why did you buy since they didn't call you? Why will you be getting yourself involved where, where they did not involve you? They didn't invite you, so why are you buying? You needed it. All right. So MTN has a value that you can't ignore. Whatever network you use, MTN, Vodafone, whatsoever, they have a value that you can't ignore. So automatically, you will give them your money. In fact, if you try to buy that it's not working, you will be angry. You will be angry. You'll be forcing. You'll be forcing it. You'll be forcing it. You'll be forcing it. You'll be forcing the money. You'll be forcing it. It must be accepted. It must go through. It must go through. You'll be forcing it to make sure that you get what you have to get. So while you are doing that, they are giving you value, collecting your money. They are growing rich. They are giving you value. They are collecting your money. They are growing rich. And if you don't, this is what happens to believers. If you don't create what we bring value 
for other people to give you their money, you will discover you are becoming poor while you are praying because somebody only has the value. Somebody is taking from you, but there's nothing coming to you. Somebody is taking from you. There's nothing coming to you. So while you are giving out somebody their value, you should create something of value. So look at this now. Let's say you have phone you subscribe for. You have Netflix you subscribe to. You have maybe DSTV or something that you subscribe to. You have um, ECG, light B you must pay. You have the water company you must pay. Transport you must pay because the driver and the mates are giving you value and all of that. So you discover now that 80% of your salary or 70 every month, there is a value taking it. If you don't create a value that we bring, that we bring something to you, you're going to get frustrated, you're going to get broke, you're going to get poor. It's simple as ABC. I, I just heard somebody's mind now saying, I have a value, I have a skill, but nobody is patronizing. Listen to me now. Before you start blaming demonic activities, if your value is not being patronized, check around, check out your environment. Are you selling your value? Are you giving your value in the right place? Are you giving your value in the right place? The most expensive cars, I realize they don't have advert. The most expensive cars, Bentley, Lamborghini, and the rest of them, you don't find an advert concerning them. They are not there. You will get an advert for Mercedes, Corolla, and all of that. But the advert for the most expensive cars, they are not there. Okay, Apple products don't have advert. All right. They are not there. If you want to find them, what, what, what did they do? What they did is to filter the class of people that can patronize them. If the advert is there, all Dick and Tom and Harry can just call and say, what is the price? So they took it off so that those class, the class that need it knows where to find them. I've, I've driven through Accra in cantonment and some areas. You see some buildings fenced, walled, gated with security, nothing outside. There's nothing busy. All you see is just a small, tiny signboard. Sometimes no signboard. And I was to do something one day. I was given an address. When I got there, everywhere was quiet like a mortuary. Like when you go to an embassy, everywhere is just quiet from the entrance. You won't see busy activities. You won't see anything. But when you enter inside, you will be shocked. There are people on the queue. And you'll be asking, how did they, how did they even know? You have a person here every day. They are not aware. The reason is because such products, such people are people of value places of value so it's not marketed everywhere you don't find it on the street and where there is less value you always find crowd where there is less value people are crowded and trying to do whatever and do whatever and all of that so if the product is not selling i have a skill i have a product check environment are you selling to the right audience number one number two is there excellence in your skill or your product or the service that you are selling? A lot of us you try, believe that by the blood of Jesus, um, um, what is it called? 
by the blood of Jesus. You can just carry any product out, sprinkle their blood and sell it. No, the name of Jesus, the favor and grace should all be added advantages to your excellence. Prayer will never cover excellence. Excellence simply means being at the top of your game. Excellence simply means being given attention to details. Excellence is give paying attention to details, not just doing it because people have to, people are doing it. Pay attention to details. I was to shave my hair last time and it was late. There was light out throughout the whole day. So light came late. I drove to town. My baba was not there. I ran into a, a guy's shop. I just wanted to travel the next day. So I had to shave my hair. And I paid. The, I, I sat down and the guy shaved, shaved me and all that. It was not even done. I told him, I said, you are a bad baba. The guy was shocked. I said, you are not a good baba. You won't see me here again. How much is your money? I paid him. I walked out. When I go to my baba, I, I pay for barbing for um, about um, 15, 20 cities which is about 1,500 to 2,000 Naira. Sometimes I pay him 50 Ghana cities because the guy is good. I overpay him his money. But this one, I told him to his feet. I said, you won't see me back to your shop. What is he doing? The same thing my Baba is doing. What is missing? Excellence. You have not started babbing me. You've already caught me with blade. You finish babbing and all my body, all my body is hot. As if you are peeling animal skin. I'm not an animal. Bab skillfully. Bab skillfully. Apply excellence to whatever that you do. Apply excellence to whatever that you do. Above all, seek the help of God. Let God help you. If you have negotiation, you have excellence, you have um, skill, you have value, and God is missing, you can still get frustrated. If you have all of this put together and God is missing, you can, you can, and there is 100% chance that you will still get frustrated. Never, never play down the place of God in what you do. I give all this story and we close right now. A woman who works in a, a civil servant, who works in an office, her friend came to her. They've been working in the same place for 35 years. Her friend came to her and said, I have a confession to make to you. Was it I don't know. They have not retired, but it was a very long time, over 20 or 30 years or so. And the friend said, I have a confession to make to you. He said, okay. Not a, a colleague. He said, okay, no problem. He said, um, do you remember I came to meet you in the, comp in the office? He said, yes. Yeah, I, I've been working few years before. She was five years ahead of the woman in their level before the woman came on. And the woman came on into the company. And this woman now, who came late, that was confessing, was already a permanent secretary. So she has gone to the height of the level where she was in. And the other woman she came to meet have still remained in level five. The person that came late, that met the person at level five, exceeded the woman, and she now have come to the level of permanent secretary, the highest level of their rank, and the other woman was still at level five after 20, 30 years. And they said, when I came to the office, I realized that everybody preferred you. 
I discovered that everybody was giving you attention more than me. I discovered that all the superiors, everybody was talking about you. If it is not you, it's nobody. If it is not you, nobody is good at it and all that. I went to report to my mother that look at what is going on at work. There's a lady trying to take everybody's shine. And my mother took me to a place. She said, I don't know what they did. I only went there out of innocence. He said, but I remember the place my mother took me. They asked me, what is your name? I gave them your name. All I can remember they said is that we remove this lady's star and we give it to you. We remove this lady's star and we give it to you. We, that was the only thing I had them. They said it and they did what they did. And that is how I discovered from that day your promotion ceased. From that day, everybody began to reject you. From that day, nothing was working again for you. But since that day, you see me now, I am at the highest level of my career. So this woman probably was good in what she was doing. So everybody wanted her. But because she didn't carry God, she didn't carry fire along, at the end of the day, she began to lose out in what was supposed to be a beautiful career. We're praying this morning and we are asking God, our Father, I receive the grace for maximum productivity. 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 Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, as I pray this morning, I receive the grace for maximum productivity the grace to make maximum impact in my generation. Let it come upon me in the name of Jesus. Go ahead and pray right now. The grace to make maximum impact in my generation. The grace to make maximum impact in my community. The grace to make maximum impact. Let it rest upon me. Go ahead and pray. Go ahead and pray. Go ahead and pray. Go ahead and pray. Shata Bakata. The grace for maximum productivity. I receive the grace to make maximum impact. I receive the grace to make maximum impact. The grace for maximum productivity. Let it rest upon me. 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 Let that grace come upon me. Shata balataga. Lyricosa davante legedusa. Ekede bakunza pega davante legedisa. Ekrasuta legende vete prosata. Ila kadiba lokonze kete prete. Ile kuza taya. Lekeshete bereto. Like beretoza kebevaya. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. In the name of Jesus. We are praying. Listen, you can be blinded to the area of your life that needs value. You can be blinded to the areas of your life that needs value. 
you are you are seeing every other thing wrong but there's one thing you need to change that you don't see there's one thing you need to scale up that you don't see we are asking god father open my eyes open my eyes to the areas of my life that i need to change what i need to change what i need to adjust what i need to upgrade what i need to update lord open my eyes to begin to see until you see what is wrong you can't correct what is wrong until you see what is wrong you can't correct what is wrong open my eyes lord open my eyes lord go ahead and pray that prayer open my eyes let me begin to identify the areas of my life that needs upgrade that needs advancement open my eyes let me begin to identify open my eyes oh god open my eyes oh god open my eyes oh god let me begin to see that area of my life that i need to renovate that I need to scale up, where I need to recalibrate, where I need to add value. Open my eyes to see, Lord. Open my eyes to see, Lord. Open my eyes to see. Awaken me, Lord, from every sleep and slumber that has taken away my attention from the errors and the weaknesses plaguing. The errors and the weakness plaguing my finance, plaguing my career, Plague in my relationship. Open my eyes, Lord, to see. 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 La kevada. Kelerosha de viga de manta. Pekido to gondes kediba rasa. Ele combra kotozule ketivre. Ele cambra katuze lementen de gedesha. Ile kende prukesita. Eleko brasata, katemanta gadibra, jekete velete, pruketelete, fekenda kata, prukesite, eleko rosso, talekete, burakasate, prekise legeteva, onda katela, ira kataba, ira katabaya, la cosa tega, perekesunte, ekeresida, kalimatolo, keleperete, jekete velete, Prukesikete, prekesokoto, katabala katata, likatekete, 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 jaketete, prukatekete, zuketekete, liki prikete, zukati velete, prakasoto loco, kediman tekedebra, shate combrekete, zukati katema tandekedeva. Oh, my Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. We are praying. What is the prayer? Father, I receive the baptism of restlessness. I receive, listen, you can see what is wrong, and yes, you'll be procrastinating about it. A lot of us have not produced results maximally because we are too comfortable. Jephthah did not break out of his suffering until he was thrown out of his father's house. The problem you are in now should make you wild. 
should open your eyes to do the unusual, not to make you cry and start sobbing and looking for who will pamper you. No, that's not how it works. It should make you wild. It should make you get angry. It should make you pull yourself out beyond the normal. Lord, I receive the baptism of restlessness until I produce maximum results. I receive the baptism of restlessness that will push me, that will align me to maximum productivity. For some, it has to push you into critical thinking. For some, it has to push you into critical decisions. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, as I pray right now, I receive the baptism of restlessness in my spirit. I receive the baptism of burden to push me into maximum productivity, into critical thinking for my next level. Go ahead and pray that prayer right now. Go ahead and pray. Go ahead and pray. Go ahead and pray. Shada malakatasis. Eli prikitosa lakabandes kadiva lakadosas. Ilakande bregedusa tavali granasis. O labatasis. Kiletun de veleke sivrekatesas. Limon togo salibra kadasis. Oh, my father. I receive the baptism of restlessness. I receive the baptism of restlessness. I receive the baptism of restlessness. Shadabalakatiza lakasis. In Jesus' mighty name of prayer. In Jesus' mighty name of prayer. I pray for you this morning that your life begin to produce maximum results. In the name of Jesus. Your life begins to produce maximum result. In the name of Jesus, your life begins to produce maximum result. In the name of Jesus, I decree that every area of your life that you need to upgrade, listen, you will soon aspire if you are not upgraded. You will soon aspire if you are not upgrading. You will soon aspire if you are not upgrading. You must upgrade yourself, not just upgrade, upgrade regularly. Upgrade regularly. If you are not updated, you will be outdated. If you are not updated, you will be outdated. I pray for you, the baptism, the baptism, the hunger, the hunger that will propel you into taking decisions that will make your life better. That course you need to go and take, that certificate program you need to go and take, that friendship you need to make, that friendship you need to change. I decree right now, the baptism that will pull you to that direction. Let that restlessness come upon you now. In the mighty name of Jesus. 
and I ask whatever kind of rejection in your life, may the Lord turn into acceptance. Every rejection in your life be turned into acceptance. The disfavor in your life be turned into favor. The delay in your life be turned into promotion. The Lord put his favor upon you. No more will you be rejected. No more will you be rejected. No more will you be rejected. Begin to stand out. Begin to break forth. Break through in all you do. If there be any power that make people not to value you despite your skill and your effort, if there be any power that make people not to patronize you despite your valuable product, service, and skill, that power be destroyed now. 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 In the name of Jesus, be productive. Be productive. Be productive. Be productive. Be productive. Be productive. You will not fail. You will succeed and you will excel on every side. In Jesus' powerful name, we call it done. Amen and amen. God bless you. I I trust God and I believe that you've learned something this morning. I believe that somebody has been quickened to refire to a, what we bring your life into advancement. Please don't just be a hearer of the word, but genuinely be a doer of the word. Don't just hear the word and sit down and like everything is fine. That's not where the change will come in. The change comes in disciplined decisions. The change is going to come in disciplined decisions. Be disciplined in that decision. Stand by it. Stay in it. And with induces it, you're going to see things working out in your favor. Please, please, I want to see our life productive and fruitful. Tonight we are meeting at 5 p.m. Those online joining by 6 p.m. You are in town. Make sure you join us. Don't sit online. Come and join us. Let's pray. The difference is very obvious, particularly on Sunday evenings. The difference is, dif is different. All right. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. And why? I wonder if you are at work. You are not going to church. You are at work. Let me see you. I wonder if you are at work. They are not going to church. Nobody is at work. So I wonder if you are not going to church. And what is the reason? Well, Saddam is at work. Get a church. Get a church. He just closed from work. Okay. So you are at home. Okay. Well, Saddam, you are at home. Are they? All right, everyone. My time is out. God bless you. Also, message me in bus. Bye-bye.